Every Woman is a feminist show that highlights the struggles, triumphs, and accomplishments of women and girls and the men who support them. Every Woman includes a rich intersection of female voices that represent a wide range of ethnicities, social and economic status, as well as political and spiritual beliefs, with the purpose to enact social, political, environmental, and economic change. The views and opinions expressed on Every Woman are those of the hosts and the guests and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Midcoast Radio Project Incorporated, KKFI staff, board, or management. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Every Woman coming to you live from Studio A in the world headquarters of KKFI here in Midtown, Kansas City. I am one of your hosts today and your ever faithful board operator, Rachel. I am joined via Zoom uh, by my other co-host today, Fiona. Hello, Fiona. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you, Rachel. How about you? It's really good. It's really warm in the studio today. Imagine that. That would be nice. I could have warm feet for once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad I wore a sundress because it is, yeah, it's pretty, pretty toasty. You look very comfy there on the couch. Yes, right. I have control of the thermostat. We probably should do a whole episode sometime about how the thermostat in most office buildings is sexed for uh, middle-aged, slightly overweight men who tend to run hotter than the average female does. And some of those females are freezing in corporate America, which is actually something as an engineer and as
Rachel received her Bachelor of Science degree from uh, Valparaiso University in Indiana, where she studied international economics and cultural affairs. She graduated with her Master's of Science in Nonprofit Administration from Louisiana State University in Shreveport. Uh, Rachel works to continue building community for community for and is dedicated to uh, the women who are giving so much of themselves to nurture their families, guide their children, and raise our future generations. She has great admiration for the strength, dedication, and resiliency required of single moms. Long ago, she made a promise to come alongside single moms in their parenting efforts, and she is excited to fill that commit to fulfill that commitment by serving as the executive director of the Single Mom KC. We are so happy to have her on our program today. Please welcome Rachel Nelson Segovia. Hi, Rachel. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. My uh, my bio sounds so nice when you read it like that. <laughs> it is very nice. Of course it is. And it's and it's and it's wonderful to have another Rachel in the program. Too. Yes, it's I know. Always two, nice. Two Rachels. We, can never have we don't we don't confuse too many people. <laughs> I don't think so. So, um, so I would love to start off um, with what I love to call your squiggly line story. Just to give us a little background. You know, your squiggly line is sort of where you started off and what you wanted to do with your life, and all of the sort of curves and cutbacks and and everything that you went through to get to where you are today. So, could you give us a little background? Yeah. So. Um yeah, I am one of those annoying people who's kind of always known what I wanted to do with my life. I knew from a very young age that I wanted to work in nonprofit. You know, I always wanted to to change the world, and um, kind of as over through um, my, through my college and, and younger years, I discovered that uh, kind of focusing on women and children was was the the passion, the, the place of passion I had in that nonprofit type work. Uh, so I started that. Uh, career focus fresh out of um, college when I went to work for the Girl Scouts and my squiggly line would probably focus more on the places that I lived because mm-hmm. although my, my I have changed uh, c- companies that I work for I have a pretty regular focus on in the nonprofit field but I, um, I, I moved around a lot uh, and it just kind of was by happenstance so I started working for the Girl Scouts and lived in Minnesota and the Wisconsin area, and then the Girl Scouts had an opportunity to um, to do their programming overseas, and so I moved to Italy, and I got to um, I got to run Girl Scout programs across Europe um, wow. with international schools and um, with military bases. There's a lot of Girl Scout programs on military bases in Europe, That's and it. international schools where we have uh, large companies that have American expatriates living. So I did that for three years, and that um, that was a, a fun opportunity because I was uh, single and childless at the time, <laughs> and got paid to travel. But uh, while I was over there, I our headquarters was on an Air Force base. And I met my husband while I was there. And um, so my next, uh, my next stop after Europe was Louisiana. And, um, and um, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. 
about Louisiana. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then I came. Uh, well, I and I I missed. I skipped one. I went to college in kind of the the Chicago area, mm-hmm. Northwest Indiana. You mentioned Valparaiso University. So um, and then I came back to Missouri. I'm from the Kansas City area originally. Um, my my husband retired from the military. And we moved back to um, raise our daughter closer to home. So I have a squiggly line of kind of mm-hmm. all the different places that I've lived. And uh, in each different place, my focus, my work fo- focus has been slightly different. Um, Girl Scouts, Girl Scouts overseas. I worked for the Department of Children and Family Services for a while. Um, most recently, before this job, I worked for Lisa McCares, which is an organization that builds community and focuses on prevention, um, works with youth in the community. So um, uh, drug and alcohol prevention, suicide prevention, bully prevention, that type of work. And um, and then four months ago, I, I became the executive director of the Single Mom KC when the founder uh, decided to transition out of the organization. So they were looking for someone to um, to come and, and, and lead the organization in that um, manner. Gotcha. Um, so you're, you're from the Kansas City area, but you, you went to work for the Girl Scouts in Minnesota? How did that yes. transpire? <laughs> that was that was one of my young mistakes, I would say, <laughs> following a boy and oh, that old that old chestnut. <laughs> We've all done that, right? Um, yeah, that's how that that's how that happened. Uh, Minnesota was beautiful in the summer and so cold <laughs> in the winter. And the winters lasted. I don't think I saw grass for six months straight. So after three years of living there and when it was time to leave, I said I could never go back to somewhere where I can't see the grass for six months. Right. That was a lesson learned in that um, in that, right. that why, period of my life. Why, why am I living in a place where the air makes my face hurt and I don't see grass for six months yeah. out of the year? <laughs> I would... In the winter time, I discovered after the first, the first winter was kind of fun. You know, we'd get forty inches of snow, and it seemed exciting. And after the first winter, it was no longer exciting, and I would get cabin fever. And I took up every single winter sport that I could think of just to get out of my apartment. And so I found myself doing things like ice fishing, which oh means I was sitting on a bucket yes. in the middle of a frozen lake, dropping a line into a small hole and hoping to catch a fish. It was it was. <laughs> crazy ridiculous but i learned a lot of new sports ice fishing and downhill skiing and cross-country skiing and absolutely <laughs> did you on. did you do curling i you, you know i didn't oh. i didn't do curling i should have missed opportunity i i <laughs> i don't want to belabor this but I'm, I'm from minnesota so when you said you oh. lived up there i was like oh she's rachel oh, and yeah. she lived in minnesota Wh- which part of the state were you in i was in um Winona, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. It was the southwest corner. It was gorgeous. We had bluffs, and I would go running through the bluffs and hiking and... Yep, it was I, just beautiful. Right I, on the Mississippi River. Yeah, I grew up in Red Wing, so it's like an hour oh, north yes. of, of Winona. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Where they make the shoes. Where they make the shoes. Absolutely. <laughs> that is fascinating. I love I love that story. Yeah. You um yeah, in Minnesota, if you don't if you don't take up some sort of winter pastime, whether it be a sport or ice fishing or something, you end up just sort of eating and drinking all winter and that's yeah. not good for you either. <laughs> so um that's great. So, uh, so here we are in Kansas City, and you are the executive director of the Single Mom KC. Can you give me a little overview of what that organization is about? 
Yes. So um, this, our, our mission at the Single Mom KC is um, to call single moms to join us in community by providing resources and equipping their family to be restored into a better story. And our vision is um, we see communities of hope for single mother families and solid, stable, growing families who are breaking damaging patterns. Uh, so much of the work that we are doing is focusing on um, community, building community among our single moms, building relationships, um, just walking through life together, I would say. Um, yeah, kind of a quick overview of what we do. And uh, you said you just started there as executive director four months ago. How, how old is this organization? So we are a young organization. We are technically 12 years old. We started, it's very grassroots. We started in the living room, a group of women meeting in the living room with our founder um, 12 years ago. And then I think we really started to uh, formalize and become uh, and really run like a, a true 501c3. Um, probably we're about probably six or seven years into that. And um we have experienced and we are experiencing uh, incredible growth right now. We know we've been a pretty small um, grassroots organization for quite a while. And within the last three or three years or so, we've really just started to grow exponentially. Um, I think that is um, that is in part because people are just hearing about us and they're knowing who we are. Sure. Um, starting to kind of get a sense for what we what pro- kind of programming we offer. Um, and I think also it's in response to COVID, unfortunately, because um, COVID has impacted single moms in a really, really tough way. We are, um, you know, one of the statistics that we, we try to talk about is the fact that uh, six months since, um, six months into the onset of the COVID-19 outbreak, the employment rate of unpartnered mothers dropped by 9% from the pre- from that of the previous year. And that was the largest drop among all groups of parents partnered or not. Um, and we, I mean, we, we know that, we know that statistic from the Pew Research Center, but we see that statistic in the work that we do, the number of moms who are asking for, um, who are just needing extra help, extra support, who are needing uh, jobs, who are unemployed or underemployed. And so that's something that we have been focusing um, more of our programming on this year than, um, than we have in the past. That's wonderful. Uh, We are coming up on our very first break, and so we're going to take that break, and then when we come back, we will talk more about um, some of the programs that you uh, have at Single Moms. We'll be right back. And we are back with the Every Woman Woman Program. I am Rachel here in the studio, joined by Fiona, my co-host, and Una um, via Zoom, and our guest this week, Rachel Segovia. when last we were speaking before before the break, we were talking about some of the programs that um, the Single Mom KC offers. Could you go into some of those? Yes. And so um, our programs really, we are a Christian non-denominational uh, faith-based organization. We welcome uh, single moms from all, we welcome all single moms, uh, regardless of religious affiliation. We do have the caveat that to um, participate in our program, you have to be a single mom. That is our that is our caveat. But we welcome anyone who um, wants to to join us 
in uh, the, the programming that we're offering. A lot of our programming is focusing on spiritual and emotional healing. You know, um, a lot of the moms who come into our doors are hurting. They've been, um, they've often been abused. They've been abandoned. They, they've, you know, suffered from disloyalty. Um, there's, you know, there's almost always isolation and exhaustion. We talk a lot about the isolation and exhaustion that single moms deal with in their lives. And so um, a lot of, and a lot of just that relationship type building focuses on the spiritual and emotional healing that, that, um, that you know, you, you develop relationships together when you go through that type of work together. And so um, many of our programming programs focus on um, in those areas. So, uh, for example, we have a, um, a leadership equipping program where we have about 15 single moms each year who come together once a month on Sundays for four hours, and they, um, they, they are... Um, they work on or they learn and kind of grow their leadership skills for a few hours. They do different things like um, uh, that include healing components as well. We have dinner together uh, for any programming that we offer. We offer dinner and child care together. And then um, the single moms in this particular program, they are, you know, they are ones who we look to for leadership. And so they are the ones we, we, oft, we like to say that we are a single mom organization led by single moms. So they engage in a business portion of the um, program towards the, la the, la the end of that four hours. And we talk about, you know, what does our organization, where is our organization going? Uh, what do you guys think about um, this idea? What should we, you know, who wants to lead this program? And they really um, pour into the work of the Single Mom KC organization. It's a really neat way to, to run an organization like ours. Um, we have, um, we have, um, kind of what we're best known for and what we've had the longest is our Clothed with Dignity Boutique. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, just a, um, a, a beautiful little store where we receive gently used or and oftentimes new with tags clothes that uh, single moms can come and we, we, we call it shopping for free. Single moms can come in once a month. They can, uh, their kids can go to the childcare room. They can sit down, have a cup of tea, have a cup of coffee, just take a break, uh, be in a, a, a beautiful space, uh, have volunteers who are there to chat with them, help them find clothes, just, you know, kind of make it feel like a true boutique experience. And um, they have, they can leave with a, a very long list of clothes and shoes and coats and purses and swimsuits and um, even like uh, toiletry items, that kind of thing. Um, you know, we desire for that space to be, you know, more than just a, a clothing closet. We really want it to be a place where moms can come for uh, rest and respite and, um, and love and tea <laughs> all those all those wonderful things yes. rest, rest, um, love and, and so tea. and I we that. i we do um we you know that that is a space that we are able to run because we have generous um individual generous women in our communities who are willing to to donate their gently used clothes so that's a really cool cool thing so getting back to the leadership uh, equipping it so it sounds yeah. like folks um get involved in, in that and then actually sort of graduate into a leadership role in your organization. Is that? 
the past? Yeah, that's what we hope for. And we do ask them. There's a uh, the one, the first year is really learning and, and growing together, and we do ask them to come back for a second year and just lead one of our program areas. So yes, we we hope that they will um, that they will come back and, and have a leadership role in the organization. We don't require that because um, some moms prefer to, some moms are really in a leadership role in their workplace. And so they take the skills that they're learning about equipping and they implement them in their workplace. Um, you know, we just kind of ask that they implement them in some way, their family, their workplace, their church, their, their the place they like to volunteer. And we really love it when they come back to the single mom Casey and, and uh, participate more wholly there. Do you find that really helps people move up in their roles and their career goals in the rest of their lives? This is actually helping women get the leadership roles that they deserve, that they're not getting the recognition and opportunities for. Yeah, we have had, we have seen incredible success with this program. It is fairly new. I think this is our third year of running it, but even just in the four months that I've been there, I've been attending and actually going through the, the classes with them. And the it's just incredible, the healing that takes place in those classes, the the learning, the self-exploration. In the self-exploration alone, you know, who doesn't? It's, it's almost like uh, free therapy, I guess, for, for um, the moms who are participating. It's just a lot of um, awareness. And uh, I think that benefits all of us. I will say, too, um, I think, gosh, maybe I shouldn't, I'm pretty sure we just had, because you mentioned the career, the career place, someone, we have a lot of our Tuesday talks, so we have another program called Tuesday Talks, and those are, we, we transitioned those to Facebook during COVID, so those are, uh, we stream those live on Facebook, and those are a really great place, if you're not familiar with the organization and you just kind of want to learn more, those are a really great place to go and kind of see what we're all about. They are pretty specific and focused, so uh, most recent, we've just kind of come off of a, um, a like a, a quarterly series of Tuesday talks that focused on job skills and career opportunities. And one of the people on the Tuesday talk was giving pointers for how to ask for a raise. Um, and I thought that was good. great, you know, like that is a hard thing to do to ask mm-hmm. for a raise. And, um, but we also, so, you know, just some, some, some basic skills like that, that we all, you know, we can all use a little brushing up on. Um, I, since I'm talking about the Tuesday talks, um, it, it, we have, I feel like I'm talking too much. Am I doing okay? No, you're on the radio. Checking talking in. is exactly what we wanted to do. <laughs> Just give me a wave if you're like, please stop talking. I want to ask a question. No, I, I want you to I'm, talk more because it's fascinating and we love the work that you're doing. So yes, please oh, tell us all the things. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, most recently, our last Tuesday talk was an incredible Tuesday talk. We had the Lane Project come in. The Lane Project come in. They're based out of Olathe. One of their family therapists came in and talked about co-parenting, and uh, she was interviewed by one of our single mom leaders, uh, who, who shared a little bit about the difficulties she's had in um, parenting her two teen boys, and you know, and um, it was just really co-parenting is something that is so hard to do, especially, you know, when there's still bitterness or um, hurting that exists in the relationships between the parents. And so, and she just had great little tidbits that you could take away and, and remember and um, think about. And so um, I thought, I think that's a great, 
um, example of what we're trying to do with our Tuesday talks. Uh, other, um, we are coming, uh, other organizations that I really thought were impressive, we had the grooming project and sewing labs come on. And I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, but you should certainly have them on your show. The grooming project is an organization that teaches single moms um, grooming skills so that they can become groomers and have their own career. And sewing labs is amazing um, organization in the Kansas City area that teaches women sewing skills. I think they work, yeah, I, I don't want to speak for them, but they'd be, they're, they're wonderful organizations. And, um, and then coming up, we are going to have a really interesting program. We're actually focusing um, on parenting skills in our next quarter, I believe. But we are going to try and do a special series. We've been meeting with the Johnson County Community College, and we found out uh, I may get in trouble from them for saying this. I don't think so. We found out that they, because of uh, COVID, they have received all sorts of federal funding to provide scholarships for individuals, for organizations, and they are trying to get rid of this money. They want, they're, they're like, we can't give it away. Uh, and so we have, you know, opened up all these scholarship opportunities for any kind of any of their continued education continuing education classes um our moms and and really anybody who lives in the johnson county area can um can you know apply for these scholarships and get and attend class for for free at this point it's really a a really impressive program yeah that is a wonderful opportunity I'm promoting all these other organizations. I, should, I need to be focusing on the single mom case. <laughs> yeah, but it all ties together. I mean, that's the thing with, yeah. with aid networks. You know, you create a network of, of places that sort of complement and help each other. Um, no right. one place can be everything for any one exactly. person. So having yeah. all of those as satellites of each other and working together is exactly the goal, I think, in a lot of nonprofit. Yes, absolutely. And we are a small nonprofit. We only have four staff. Um, and, you know, we, our, our focus really is on that spiritual growth component. And so we don't want to, you know, we want to stay, we want to do what we, we, we know we're good at and what we have experience in. And then we want to be able to utilize rather than, you know, recreating the wheel. We want to utilize the organizations and, and resources that already exist and are already doing amazing things. Yeah, that is that is a great goal, especially for a small group, is to do the things you do, but do them really well. Even if, if it's a small thing or even a narrow focus thing, but if you can do yeah. it really well, then you're mm-hmm. successful and can sort of build off of that. Did you have something, yeah. Fiona? I think I cut you off. Well, I was just going to say that coming out of COVID, the single moms must have been feeling even more isolated than usual because... If they had babysitters before, they were probably quarantining and not able to cover for them. And any events and organizations that they used to go to would be shut down. And even if they went, they wouldn't be able to get the childcare support. So mm-hmm. I know you're talking about healing and some of the sessions almost acting like free therapy. How has that been happening? What are you seeing as people are actually able to meet face to face again at these sessions and support each other again? Um, lots of hugging. <laughs> We're not supposed to do that, are we? Of hidden hugging. <laughs> no, we. Yeah, we we weren't back in person until just uh, was it two two or maybe three? I think two months ago, and it's been it's been wonderful to be back in person. It makes it's just hard to connect 
you know, to build, and when your organization is based on building relationships, it's so hard. And we, we really did see the isolation increase. Um, and we really ramped up our, our online offerings, uh, you know, things that we were doing on Facebook. We started reaching out to single moms with, with emails, every single way we could think of. And it was just so well received and so very much needed. And I think that that just speaks to the, you know, even just the, the fear. If you're a single mom and you don't know what's going to happen or how long your kids are going to be uh, or how long, you know, your kid's school is going to be closed or, or what's going to happen with your job and you don't have, um, you know, necessarily someone to kind of share that burden with, um, y- you reach out to the the organizations that can provide that connection for you. And so we saw a lot of that. And we're so happy to be back in person now. Sorry. Okay. Okay. The last, um, the line may have dropped. Yeah. Um, I, I can hear you. She can still hear us. Yeah. Oh, Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Could you share, you mentioned Facebook a few times. Could you share your website and your Facebook link so people can find you if they need you? Yes, we are on social media. We are um, at the single mom KC. So that's Facebook, Instagram, um, at the single mom KC. We have a Twitter page, but it's not active. So uh, Facebook and Instagram at the single mom KC. And our website is at thesinglemomkc.org. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, can we circle back to this this idea of co-parenting? Because I know I, when I was doing research for this interview, um, being being a woman with without children, and uh, I, I this was kind of a new term to me, and I've heard it a lot, and I've heard, mm-hmm. could you explain, first of all, what co-parenting is, and then what the difference between co-parenting and parallel parenting is? Um, yeah, I think co-parenting has gained a lot of uh, traction in the past, in the last few years, and that, that's an uh, you know nothing, but that's a wonderful thing for everyone. Like there's, that's just you know the more that we can co-parent, and you know, so so basically just kind of parenting together and parenting in a way that is uh, best for the kids, and uh, and just. Sh- you know, sharing that, that parenting experience, even if both parents aren't living under in the same house. Um, and, but I think, um, so when, you know, we look at why that's hard, of course, there's a lot of, um, when there's a breakup, there's often a lot of hurt. There's a lot of, um, anger. And I think that the, what we, what we really strive to prevent from happening is having that is having the kids get too involved or to be too aware of that hurt and that anger and those um, those more negative emotions and and um, you know so sometimes it's as simple as um, watching your not just saying the right words but really watching your your facial expressions and your and your 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 um, your your body you know your um, the way you express your your physical your physical emotions, so that your kids are really getting the true message of your you know your um, your dad is your dad really does love you and wants to to do what's best for you and making sure that you are saying that truthfully and not and not just kind of in a, a kind of blowing that off sense of manner. 
Yeah, because I, I know one thing uh, about children is they see right through that imme- exactly. almost immediately if you're trying if you're not really telling the truth or you're not really believing the words that you're saying. Yes, and I think so much of what um, we do in in the work that we do really focuses on um, reconciliation, and so I think there's three. Uh, three, you know, three different fields of reconciliation. So we have, you can, you know, there's self reconciliation with self. There's reconciliation with God, and there's reconciliation with neighbor. And in our instance, neighbor oftentimes looks like, you know, can be your um, ex or your children's father. I guess is, sure. is the more appropriate way to say that. And um, and that is, you know, I think honestly, I think reconciliation with self is the hardest, but um, but <laughs> reconciliation with the children's father can also be very, very difficult. But if you can truly come to reconciliation, and I think that that takes it a step beyond forgiveness, then um, you really can begin to to parent in from a you know from a better place. And that's where we're looking at where um, that's where we we really start to see the um, we we really talk about breaking the cycle and um, and and changing the statistics. No, that's that's a good point. Um, I know that uh, children who um, are come from divorce or, or you know widowed parents, separated single parent families, um, they have so much to adjust to. They have to adjust to you know living sometimes in a smaller home or a place they're unfamiliar with, um, having less time and money, and certainly uh, only having access to one of their parents at a time. So it's so important that. Uh, these single moms uh, have helped to kind of create a stable place for for their children, so their children can continue to thrive in that environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like co. co- it can be some strength, though, because I grew up in a single parent family, just my mother and myself, because my father died before I was born. So mm. I don't have in my head like some of the gender roles that this is a guy's job or this is a woman's job. I, mm-hmm. They're all just jobs to me. I I didn't have that thing of, well, I shouldn't be doing that because I'm not strong enough or I'm a girl because everything had to get done. So there are some offsetting benefits, but the downsides mm-hmm. definitely are hard to overcome and having an organization that supports people like this has definitely got to be a strong plus for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is uh, that brings up a good point. You know, our moms come from all different walks of life, so we we often think about single parents as being, or yeah, single single moms as, as having gone through a divorce. But we do have single moms who have uh, suffered from the death of a spouse, and we have single moms who um, who uh, have adopted a a child and. Um, so we have, you know, there's just, there's a variety. We come from different places in life and we, we you know, of course we've all experienced different traumas, but uh, it's just something, the, the basic desire to have um, fellow single mom friends and, uh, you know, have, kind of build that tribe. It exists for, for, all, for all the single moms in the organization. Yeah. Yes, talking about the uh, the children, uh, 
so you know once once a child is taken out of a two family home or two parent home and is in a single in a single parent in this case a single mother um, you know they lose access to their parents to both parents at a time and um, you know they may be spending time alone in a way a lot more often because the other component is the single mother it now has all of these other things that she needs to do to keep you know the family going do mm-hmm. you do you provide any resources or programs for the children of these single moms? Um, we do focus more on the single moms, but we have a children's um, we have a children's program. So anytime that we are we have you know the single moms coming for for any of our programs, we we always invite them to bring their children, and so their children are are learning something that coincides with what what the, their moms are learning that day. And so, for example, um, I think our last monthly event focused on self care. And so, um, while the moms were learning a breathing technique, kind of a um, a mindfulness technique, the their children were. Um, we're engaging in fun and activities, but we're also learning a, you know, something, a similar type um, lesson about self-care. And so that's really, um, we, you know, one other, I think one other thing that we do with children is, um, we, like in July, we're going, we have an upcoming family fun day where moms and children can just come and we'll have uh, an ice cream vendor and we'll have you know just fun activities and games and opportunity to just kind of be together and, and have 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 time you know spend quality time together but um but yet most of our programming does focus on uh the moms themselves sure yeah and i mean i imagine just being able to go to a place where you can commune with other single mothers and have your children sort of taken care of for a while is just must be an enormous benefit and talk about self-care that must be amazing for them yes you know at the event with self-care i was talking to one of the single moms and the the facilitator said or asked when you know when can you make or find time for self-care and the mom at the table she said she just kind of she had tears in her eyes and she's like i don't i have five kids i don't i don't ever have time for self-care i can't i can't even imagine and uh, someone at the table said, you know, you're here tonight and you're learning about, you're, you're practicing grieving techniques and you're in communion with other, other with friends and moms. That is self-care. Yes. But every month that you come to this is a, is a form of self-care and, and sometimes that's, that's it. Yeah, that, that concept of sort of finding your chosen family where you can get support, you know, outside of, you know, blood relations and things is so important because you can go and commune with folks that you don't have to sort of explain yourself because they immediately understand when you say you have five kids and they're like, yep, I get that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. That's another thing that I, um, so much of this is new to me and I'm learning right along with everyone else. But, uh, one of the first single moms that I interviewed, um, to, to ask about the program and what she loved about the program and all these things, she mentioned to me at the time that she didn't like the phrase single mom, that she felt like there was shame and stigma around, sure. that, you know, when people use that phrase. And and that's something we, you know, we, we so desperately want to change that. We want the phrase single mom to be a, a, an inspirational phrase. You know, it's so it's so amazing what single moms can do. And I think where we really see that, I will say some of our largest donors are children of single moms. So 
and so you know that they are giving back to an organization like ours because they were so inspired by what their moms did for them that they want to find a way in their lives and their adult lives to give back to other single moms. Yeah, that that stigma still exists today, which which just completely blows my mind. I mean, there's uh-huh. still this stigma of a sig- uh, single mother, um, you know, maybe being sexually promiscuous, and she had this child out of wedlock, or that she that there's this perception that this mother has so much on her plate, there's no way that she could be successful in the job market, for instance, or she'll interview yeah. and you know they find out she has children, and the perception is oh, single mother, kids, there's no way she's going to be able to be successful successful in the job market. So, mm-hmm. yeah, breaking down those stigmas is so important. Yes, that's a great point. And we do work with um, with both businesses, and I think that stigma also still exists in some churches. And so we work with both businesses and churches to talk about how can you ensure that you are um, welcoming and uh, making your, you know, your your place, your workplace or your church place a, a place where single moms don't feel like they are being uh, judged or like, you know, if it's in the workplace, a place where single moms have some opportunities to really thrive without, uh, but can still, you know, take care of the family they, the, the way they need to. And so in the workplace, a lot of times that's talking about flexible schedules, child care, health insurance, sick leave, you know, some of just those basics that, um, that really everyone needs, but, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's mandatory for single moms to have access to these things if they, so that they can really focus on their families. Um, yeah. I've seen that bias where, excuse me, as Rachel says, that single mothers may be considered more sexually promiscuous or whatever. It's like, how did they become moms in the first place? Because I guarantee, you know, two women together aren't doing, you know, aren't responsible. I mean, doggone it, we've tried a while and it's just not working out for us. So uh, must must be a man involved at some point. Yes, whether they're single or not. Yes, and anytime the reverse bias is that anytime anyone finds out that someone is a single dad, they tend to think that they must be an absolute saint because mm. they're taking care of the children mm. and that that's unusual and what a wonderful person they are. That's yep. interesting. Yeah, that's very true. And in fact, um, some of the statistics are, pro- there's, uh, what I found was approximately 30% of the babies born in 2000 were to single mothers. Mm. Um, and then out of 84% of the women who are single parents, 44% of them were divorced or separated. Um, and approximately 20% of female single parents are unemployed, whereas for male single mm. parents, only 8%. Mm. So the burden often falls to the woman to not only keep the family together, but also to keep a roof over their heads and, you know, food in their bellies too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll throw one more. I love those statistics. Thank you for sharing those. And and one more that we often point out is that the poverty rate for children living in single mom families is four times greater than that of children living in married couple families. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, We are coming up on the final break for the hour, so we are going to take that break right now, and we will be right back with more with Rachel Scopia. 
And we are back with the Every Woman program. I'm Rachel, and I'm joined on Zoom with Fiona and Una, the wonderful producers and my co-hosts here. And we are talking with Rachel Segovia from The Single Mom KC. Um, so, Rachel, walk me through the process. I heard you mention earlier about uh, one of the single moms being interviewed. Can you walk me through the process of how a single mother interfaces with your organization? Um. The single mom, what do you, I'm sorry, I'm not <laughs> okay. sure I understand the question. So I'm a single mother in Kansas City, and I want to interface with the single mom KC. Can you walk me through that process? How does that, yes. how does that work? Yeah, so um, most of our single moms do start in our boutique where they come and they, you know, they just kind of can feel things out and shop for free. Um, Get start to are we we have regular volunteers so that the relationship the relationship is um, start starts to build there, and then. if they, you know, if they wanted to go to dive in deeper, they probably would. They can start watching us on Facebook, of course, following us on Facebook. We have regular, lots of regular programmings. Uh, I mentioned the Tuesday talks. We have some short. We call them like Mocha moments on Mondays yes. and Fridays. Those are usually focused on uh, kind of a. They're more inspirational, uh, focusing on a scripture reading, something to kind of get start your week off right. Something, some sort of, um, um, you know. Um, focus on 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 prayer or or something like that and then um and then if they want to, to to do something the next step would be to kind of come to our some of our um programs so we have a monthly event called pursuit and um that's the one i mentioned where we, we did one on self-care um those those just kind of change throughout the month but those are um programs we you can sign up online uh, we do, as I mentioned, we have child care, we have dinner served, and there's a, there's always a speaker, and then there's always group discussion time, and uh, it's just kind of a, a fun night to come together with other single parents. And then th- we have regular workshops, so those workshops typically tend to focus on more of those life skills type um, um life skills mm-hmm. uh things like parenting um we have we do one called trauma healing um there's one called victim to victorious so uh, i guess i should say life skills or healing and uh, those really go in depth and are, are typically they last like at least a weekend and sometimes several weekends um and then um what's the other thing i wanted to mention I'm, I'm I'm blanking on it at this point, but yeah, that's, that's a good place yeah. to start. Those are, those are, and the, oh, the, of course, the leadership the leadership equipping is kind of the final step, and so gotcha. those are moms who really are um, getting so much out of their uh, of their participation in the single mom Casey and want to give back in a volunteer, you know, a, potentially a volunteer capacity. So leadership equipping usually isn't for someone who is um, you know in kind of is, is dealing with any kind of crisis because it, it takes more time and more um, commitment. But um, there, we have some really incredible women who are um, who are involved in that leadership equipping and component. Are most of the folks that are doing like these talks and these seminars are they volunteers? They are at this. Yes, they are all volunteers. So, um, like on the show today, and I was, I had, we had planned on. We always try to bring a single mom, one of our leaders, on with us, so she can one tell her story, uh, talk about her her move through, you know, from from pain to healing. Um, 
to just talk about what life is like as a single mom. I'm not, I'm not a single mom and I'm leaving a single mom organization. So I, you know, I don't, I, I always want to focus. I prefer to focus that, um, on our, our single moms. And then, um, um, and then three, just kind of talk about how the single mom Casey impacts them, but they, yes, they are all volunteers. They're giving of their time just because they, they love the organization and um, want to help others. It's really, really cool. And so if someone was interested in volunteering, how would they go about doing that? Uh, they can email us. We have uh, we have information about volunteering on our website. And so um, it, they can email us at info at org. That's info at org. Or you can visit our website. I'll say that again, too. It is thesinglemomkc.org. And uh, we have a variety of different ways that uh, volunteers can participate. Sometimes it's serving dinner. Sometimes it's, you know, working. We always need more people to work in our child care room um, rooms um, it, it can be helping at events there's a variety of ways that individuals can volunteer got you thank you for that we um, we're very close on time here but what I would love to do in these last couple minutes is for you to sort of look into your crystal ball and tell me where you would like to see this organization like five years from now oh, I love that question <laughs> <laughs> I am a like a big picture thinker, and you know I'm new to the organization, so I right. came in and I said we need to, to to vision, we need a strategic plan, we need to know where. So one of the, actually next week I'm sitting down with our leadership team, and we are doing an hour long visioning session and talking about where do you guys want to see this go. Um, what I have heard so far, you know, we talk a lot about the 61,000 single moms that live in the Kansas City metro area, and how do we reach all of them and um, I think some of that is some there's 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 so much more that needs to be done in terms of outreach and inclusion, and so um, you know some of that's just conversations and and definitions. But um, you know I, what we have we have started moving forward in one of those specific areas, and that's um, that's our uh, Latina outreach. We have so many moms, so many Latina moms coming into our boutique. That's been happening for a little while now, enough so that we we recognized it and we realized we didn't have very many bilingual volunteers. And if we're an organization that says we value building relationships, but we can't communicate, we are, we're dropping the ball. And so we've brought in volunteers who are bilingual. We have, um, we've, you know, we've, we've worked to create a Saturday where we can have um, those, we can really focus on that. And we're, we're partnering with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce as well. So That's really wonderful. cool initiative there. And I'd love to see more of that. Absolutely. I mean, that's a that's such a great goal too. And and yes, uh, organizations a lot of times you know they start to expand really quickly and can kind yes. of fall apart. So having a strategic plan and a vision is so important. <laughs> I want to thank Absolutely. you so much for joining us today. It was wonderful speaking with you, and we just love this organization. So keep up the good work, and thanks for all of the great work you've done so far. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This was just a joy and a treat. I, I, I've loved it. Great to, great to chat and get to know you. You're very welcome. And thank you all for joining us for this week's episode of Every Woman. We love to hear your comments. You can, um, you can visit us on Facebook as well if you would like to uh, see any kind of upcoming episodes or in, and uh, listen to any archived episodes that we have. Uh, we have that available for you. Just look for Every Woman on Facebook. Uh, I am Rachel, and I will 
will be back here next week. Stay tuned because coming up next is Urban Connections.